Hi, it's Tap Horner. Thanks for tuning in today to the Forish Success Podcast, an inspirational program about overcoming the I'm Too Small mindset, redefining success, and growing your lifestyle business legacy without fear. And now, here's your host, my beautiful wife and Christian business mentor, Katie Horner. Building a business is hard work, but it's so much easier when you have the right people on your side. I'm Jennifer Lee of Secret to Visibility Online, where I help coaches and course creators easily get found online through proven systems in less time for less money and with less stress. So they have more time to spend on their clients, family, and friends, because that's why they started their business in the first place. To grab a seat at my Organic Traffic Strategies webinar, where you will learn simple, easy, and inexpensive ways to quickly scale your traffic, visit Secret to Visibility Online slash traffic. Hey, welcome back. I'm so excited to be with you again today for another episode in our Nehemiah series. In the last episode, we talked about God providing and the gracious hand of our God in our business. And we also saw in one of the recent episodes about how silence can be preparation time and how we shouldn't judge God based on the silence that he is walking us through, but that we should be patient for him because victory is around the corner. God is the victor. He is the embodiment of life and truth. He is the way for us. And so as I'm clinging to those truths, those things that I know to be true and walking them out in my business, I have peace, I have confidence, I have clarity. And so today I want to give you just a little bit of a warning. Whenever you get ready to do something good for God, there is going to be trouble. You can expect it. In fact, you should expect it. We just did a great big event where we spent three days training 100 Christian business owners in how to grow their business through marketing efforts. And I can tell you that there was quite a bit of opposition getting going into the event, all during the event, not just on us, those hosting it and those working the event, but also on our attendees. Because every time you get ready to do something good for God, you are going to have opposition. Like, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you need to be prepared for trouble. Every single time you get ready to do something good, there's going to be opposition because the God of heaven is the victor, but he does have enemies. And so when you decide to step out in faith, when you decide to take a stand, when you decide to do what God has called you to do, there is going to be opposition and you need to expect it and you need to prepare for it. And you need to be ready to do everything in your power to continue to take that next right step because the enemy will try to waylay you. He will cause problems with your tech. He will make people get sick. He will have people call in at the last minute who have always been dependable and suddenly let you down. He will do everything he can to try to stop you from taking that step. But when you've committed to doing it, when you've committed to doing this project or this thing for God's glory, and the people you serve, the enemy's going to do anything he can to try to get in there. And you need to expect that. The Bible says we are to expect trials and tribulations, to not be taken by surprise when those fiery trials come to us, right? Anytime you set out to do a work for God, there's going to be trouble. And in Nehemiah's day, it was no different. There are things that we can learn from him that we can apply to our lives and our business, though, to help us walk more successfully even in the moment that we're facing those trials. So yes, today, even this week, 
Let's think about that quiet evaluation that Nehemiah did. He spent the evening, he spent the night walking around the city, evaluating what needed to be done, evaluating the resources at hand. He still hadn't told anyone why he's there or what he plans to do. And then it's time to meet with the officials the next day and make the plan known, right? And so he brings all the officials and the nobles together to share this vision with them. And this is the point where he needs people to really buy in, where he needs them to enroll themselves in this vision that God has given him. This is where he's finally declaring what God has called him to do and asking them to step up and join him in pursuing the vision of rebuilding the walls. This is where he needs them to agree with him, not to give permission, remember, but to give blessing so that the work can be done. This is where he needs them to link arms because remember, he doesn't know the first thing about building walls. He's been working in the kitchen in the palace his whole life. He's been in the stateroom. He's been at the right hand of the king. He doesn't know the first thing about building walls. He's going to need some help. And so he brings everyone together and he shares with them what God is calling him to do. They can see the vision that God has given Nehemiah. They too have been longing to get these walls rebuilt, longing for the protection that that will bring for them, for the status, for the visible protection from their enemies that having that wall rebuilt will bring. And so everything is going exactly as he had hoped at this meeting. They said in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18, let us start rebuilding. And so the work begins. And everything sounds like it's going great. They're going to restore the walls. They're starting with enthusiasm. Everyone's energized. They're excited. God is moving. People want to help. And then the mocking starts. The ridicule begins. The neighbors start seeing action and activity over here. And they come and start making fun of them. Three men in particular are named in the story, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And these three men end up causing countless problems for Nehemiah over the course of this project. But one of the things that I want you to focus on here is not the problem, but the God of the answer. How does he show up in this story? So you might think that just because God gave you a vision that everything's going to go smoothly. But let me be the first one to tell you, my friend, from my own personal experience, that that is not usually the case. The whole book that I wrote of it called In Spite of Myself, How Intentional Praise Can Transform Your Heart and Home, that whole book was based on this. It's a best-selling devotional. I wrote it several years ago, but it's based on the fact that when God calls you to do something, it's not easy. And even though it's not easy, you have a choice. And that choice is, do I choose joy even in the things that are hard? Or do I choose to wallow in the hard and complain and give up? Sometimes the sad truth is that when you start doing something for God, the enemy shows up and he starts to stir up trouble. And that's why I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this as a heads up because as you begin to grow your business, as you begin to try to help your people, as you begin to try to serve more people, this is going to happen to you. You can plan on it. As you begin to grow your testimony among those that you serve, as you begin to have people begin to talk about you and the results that you're getting and the transformation they're getting from working with you, you're going to need to expect that the enemy is not going to be happy with that. He's going to try to deter you. He's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to detain you from taking part in what is to come because he knows how powerful that is. He knows the job that you're trying to do for the Lord. No sooner does Nehemiah and company pick up their hammers to start restoring those walls that that trouble arrives on the scene. And you 
may have decided to write a book that's on your heart and suddenly you've got new caregiving responsibilities added to your days and not enough time to write. Maybe you have started this business that God has given you the vision for only to learn that now all of a sudden your house has toxic mold and you've got to stop everything for three months and take care of this problem. One of my coaching clients just had an issue where they had to tear their bathroom apart in the midst of some big project that she was trying to do. Why do these kinds of things happen? I don't know. But I know the God who is in control of all of these things, who still allows those things to happen for his good or for our good, for his glory. And when we hold his hand and when we walk with him in the midst of it, when we keep our eyes on that vision, he gets the glory and we are able, we are, we are filled through him and able to continue to do that work. Maybe you've decided to put this um, side business up so that you can impact more people so that you could bring your husband home, whatever the case may be, and now you're running into speed bumps. Maybe your family begins to saying, what do you, what do you think you're doing? How, do you, how are you doing that? You don't know anything about starting a business. We had that when we started. We were missionaries on a foreign mission field, barely surviving on the donation income that we were, we were getting and wanting to start a business because God had put in our hearts to start a business. And we had all kinds of criti- criticizers, all kinds of people who wanted to um, give us their opinion on why this wouldn't work and why it was a silly idea and why it was, you know, why we weren't dedicated to God if we were doing business and all this other stuff. How can you minister and do business at the same time? How can you possibly start a business in another country? How could you start a business when you're there to do mission work? You aren't going to do that for free, are you? You're a missionary. All of those things. You'll never work for anyone. You'll never be able to make a go of this. Nobody would loan us the money. We didn't have the credit cards. We couldn't get a startup loan. And yet the gracious hand of our God was with us and helped us and helped us stay true to that vision that he had planted in our hearts. And that's what he's doing with Nehemiah and that's what he's doing with you. So how do we handle these situations, these critiques, these troubles, these fiery trials that come up to distract and dissuade and discourage us? Do we bite our nails and fret? Do we go sit in a corner and cry? Do we throw in the towel and give up? Do we despair of ever seeing this vision come to pass that God has put in our head? That's not what Nehemiah did. Sometimes you need a good cry. I'll give you that, right? I tell my people, I've even said it on this podcast before, I quit about once every two weeks and I go have a good cry and I go sleep it off. But you know what? The next day I get up and I come back to it because God's vision is still there and he is good enough to walk us through even those hard times. And so when Sanballat and company show up on the scene and they want to know if Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls against the king, first they criticize his loyalty to the king. And you're going to have people criticize your loyalties too, by the way. You're going to have people saying, why are you starting a business? Aren't you trusting God for your finances? You've heard that before, right? So God has given me this to do. They're going to stir up those accusations. They're going to try to call you out. They're going to say things that are untrue. They're going to criticize and say all kinds of nasty and mean and hurtful things. And those are all the wrong answers. Those are all the wrong focus. Nehemiah's response to those people's accusations was from verse 20. He says, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem and no claim or historic right. So he proclaims to them that God is the one who's going to give them success, just like God is the one who's going to give you and I success, my friend. Nehemiah focuses on what he's supposed to be doing, not on the false accusations, which is a huge lesson right there in itself. 
Those accusations are not true. Why would you be thinking on things that aren't true? You need to reject the things that are not truth. Reject them. Do not think on them. He reminds his enemies that they have no claim in this place. And so many times, I think in life and business, we give, our, we give away ground to the enemy who has no right to be there in the first place. Those people who are criticizing your business, they're not your people. They're not the ones you're called to serve. So their opinion shouldn't matter. They shouldn't have any sway over your next step. As a child of God, you have the spirit of the overcomer in you, and you need to consider those words that Jesus gave to his disciples in John 16, What did he say? I have told you these things so that in me you can have peace, because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so when you are in Christ and you're thinking on him as the truth, you can have peace. Great peace have they that love my law, and nothing shall offend them, it says in Psalm 65, 19. Peace comes from knowing your God. Even peace in the midst of false accusations. Even peace in the midst of troubles and trials and peace in the midst of attacks. It all comes because you're walking in the truth of God. And you know what? If you took that verse and you personalized it to your situation today, what would that look like? Maybe it would look something like this. Hey, Katie, I've told you these things so that in me, you can have peace. In this world, you might have financial difficulties, but take heart. I've overcome the world and I own it all. Maybe it looks like this. Hey, Sarah, in me, you will have peace in this world. You may have chronic illness, yes, but take heart. I have overcome the world, and through me, anything is possible. Maybe thinking on truth looks like this. Repeating to yourself, hey, Jennifer, I have told you these things so that you can have peace. In this world, you might have marriage struggles, but take heart. I've overcome the world and I can teach you to love as I love. What if you went and wrote out that verse right now with your name and your current struggle and asked that question? In this world, you can have peace because I have overcome the world. What if you wrote that out? I've told you these things, insert your name, so that in me you can have peace. In this world, you may have, insert your struggle, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is what Jesus is saying to us in John 16, 33. And this is the truth that as business owners, we need to keep our hearts and our minds fixed on the victory that is ours. Nehemiah said, the God of heaven will give us success. He will give us success. He will give you success too, not because of who you are or what you've done. Let's make that clear. But it's because of who your Savior is and what he's done for you and what he's done for those people that he's calling you to serve. So you don't have to go sniffle in a corner and fall apart in a puddle when things don't go your way. You don't have to go fretting about what people are going to think or what they're going to say, especially when they're not true. You don't have to wonder where your next meal is coming from or where your provision is going to come from. Because he says, I'm already providing the answer before you ask. You don't have to bow to the darkness. This is telling you that it is, it is impossible and you might as well give up and go home. But God is saying, I have overcome the world. And that same one who has overcome the world says, faithful am I who called you, who also will do it. You can walk in victory. You can live free. You can continue to work towards that vision God has given you without fearing the criticizers. There are no more excuses. There is no no more victim mentality. 
There is no more whining around and what are people going to say and who am I going to offend if I do this? You are the victor. You walk in the favor of God, as my client Samantha says. You walk in the favor of God. You are the victor because of who he is and what he's called you to do. And all of those people out there waiting for you to get out there and help them to change their life with your message, they need you to act like the victor you are. They need you to focus on the God who has already given you success. They need you to get your mind off of those troubles and onto the word because God is the one who has promised you success. God is the one who protects. He is the one who says, I will do this through you because I am faithful. And so if you've been wallowing around in some of those struggles and some of those mindset issues, I encourage you to go to your God with that. Right now, today, go spend some time with him. Talk through those fears and those struggles. Talk through those attacks that you seem to be under and claim his blood of victory over them because the time to get to work is now. And even though your business may not be directly Bible-related, the people who you serve in your business need to see a victor. They need to see Jesus shining through you. They need to see someone who won't give up even though it's difficult. Your vision doesn't change because things get hard. Your vision, your mission from God doesn't change when things get hard. That doesn't change. What changes is what you focus on. And you may be the only Bible these people read. You may be the only one who shares Jesus with them. And they need to know your God. And they need to see you walking with your God, even in the hard times. And they need to know that it is possible to be a victor because God is the victor. And so you walk in his favor. You walk in his victory as you run your business so that you can shine to them the love and the hope that we have in Christ. Faithful is he that called you who also will do it. So be prepared for the trials, but recognize that God has already won and you can walk as a victor today because he's already won. So listen, I've got another free masterclass coming up called Business with God, how to honor God and grow your business without being cheesy or annoying in the marketplace. We'd love to have you join us as we dive into business with God, becoming his CEO, the biblical formulas for business success, and how to have that confidence and clarity in the vision I need to grow my small business. All of this is yours free if you sign up for our next free masterclass over at katiehorner.com forward slash BWG class. We'll see you there. I want to honor you for taking time to invest in yourself and your business by listening in today. The Forest Success Podcast is brought to you by Katie Horner of handprintlegacy.com. Wherever you're listening, please leave us a comment or review. For show notes and links to the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit www.forestsuccesspodcast.com. And remember, your message matters. You've been so caught up in figuring out how to market your business the quote right way, you found yourself overwhelmed and your dream a little muddied. What if a simple mindset reset could help you realign your vision, refine your expectations, and revive that dream for your business? 
I'm Katie Horner, author of The Flamingo Advantage, and for two decades, I've been teaching business owners just like you how to make your business and marketing decisions with faith, with clarity, and with purpose, empowering God's people to live out their best worship through the business. My framework teaches how to realign your mindset and your business practices with God's Word so that you no longer operate in fear or lack of criticism, but in confidence and powerful intention. I'd love to invite you to grab a free copy of my book, Just Pay Shipping, at freeflamingobook.com. You, my friend, have an advantage, and your uniqueness helps you live out God's purpose for you in the world. freeflamingobook.com.